Hi, this is The Rocket Recovery. And this is Josh Bond. And this is Angie Meadows. And today we're back in the detachment book. We're on principle number four. Read the, the principle. Uh, detachment respects the boundaries of others to make their own choices and to have their own consequences. Hmm, detachment respects the boundaries of others to make their own choices and have their own consequences. Allowing others to, the privilege to experience the elementary lessons of sowing and reaping is vital to developing good decision-making skills and strength to face the next challenge. So what if I had a third grader and he forgot his lunch money? Should I take it to him? Maybe the first time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, you know what, what if he forgot his homework? Oh. Yeah, maybe. You know, he's, he's eight. If he can learn from consequences now... Yeah. They're not going to be bigger ones later. Oh, he's yeah. Gonna learn, I agree. He's going to learn some responsibilities. Yeah. And they're so small. I mean, yeah, you're his right. friends will feed him, yeah. <laughs> right? And he's a sponge, so yeah. whatever he, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, and if he forgot his homework, he'll remember next time. Yeah. So you gladly put up with fools since you are so wise. In fact, you even put up with anyone who enslaves you, exploits you, takes advantage of you, pushes you forward, and slaps you in the face. 2 Corinthians 11, 19 through 20. So uh, Paul, in the Bible here in Corinthians, he's written this, and he's, he's fussing at him. He's saying, ha, ha, you think you're so wise? Look mm-hmm. at you putting up with that. And he's telling them they don't have to do that. So yeah. let's look at the lesson. Bitterness comes when we are being over-responsible, used, or abused. Here are some things to do to stop your part of the addiction process. Okay, so the balance is to stop my bitterness. As long as I'm feeling bitterness, it's because I've exerted myself into the middle of something that is not my problem. I'm making excuses. I'm interrupting consequences. Instead, I need to require accountability, require them to work to pay their own fees and fines, and stop making them so comfortable. So here's the permission. I give you permission. Uh, I give you permission to say no. Uh, say that again. I give you permission to say no. No. <laughs> no. Keep going. I give you permission to walk away from someone who only makes temporary changes to fool themselves and others. Yeah. Sometimes we fool ourselves. Yes. We just gaslight ourselves. <laughs> I give you permission to grieve and not be responsible for a loved one in substance use disorder who refuses to work an active recovery plan with a sponsor and accountability. I give you permission to give a person with substance abuse disorder or who is verbally abusive back their own problems. This is the loving thing to do for yourself. You, my friend, are not a punching bag. You, my friend, are not a punching bag. So let's develop some boundaries here. Developing healthy boundaries is foreign territory for most enablers. Here are some things to ponder. How can I say no with love and not with hatred? So love, you know, saying no does not have to be yelling at them, arguing with them. It just needs to be firm, yes. uh, patient, kind, firm, very firm. Did you hear me? I said no. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. I, maybe you didn't hear me. Did, did you hear me? I said no. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> and I don't have to escalate. I don't yeah, have to be angry. Right. I, I just need to be firm in my no. Okay, keep going. How can I say no without fear and anxiety? Hmm. Think about that. How can I respect another's choices when they say no to recovery? Oh, wow. They said no to recovery? Mm-hmm. And you know what? That's okay. That's yeah. their choice. Yeah. Yeah, I got a buddy now that's saying no to recovery. You know, I, I'm getting him some medical care, and that's cool, but, you know, he's saying no to recovery. Well, that's okay. That's, that's his choice. And, and he'll either come back around or he won't. So yeah. keep going. 
What are my manipulative behaviors? Mm, do I manipulate those to get good outcomes? Because if I do, I'm just training them how to manipulate me. Yeah. <laughs> it just comes right back at me. we got to watch out to not manipulate ourselves. Oh, yes. Into thinking that we're doing it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, yes. Uh, write out what I will and will not tolerate. I choose not to tolerate. Now, when I uh, talk to my groups about this, my group of girls, I'm like, what will you not tolerate? Well, you know what? They'll tell me what they're not tolerating. Won't <laughs> tolerate. I'm not going to tolerate him yelling at me for an hour. I'm not going to tolerate with him hitting me. I'm not going to tolerate. And then they'll say, but I am tolerating it. And I'm like, well, how about that? Now, yeah. you decide what you won't tolerate, period. <laughs> okay, keep going. What am I able to tolerate without interrupting my own recovery from enabling and rescuing? Hmm. So what, what, what level of connectedness am I allowed to have with my loved one? Without making myself crazy. Like, can I see them once a month? Can I pick them up out of the streets for breakfast on Saturday? Do I need to take somebody else with me? What What can I do without being crazy? Should I turn the phone over to somebody else when they call? What can I do? Because if I'm suffering for three days every time I hear their voice, every time I talk to them, it's not good for me. I, I'm not safe. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay, do the next one. Um, what hinders me from following through my, with my choices? Hmm. Okay. Next one. Probably my fears, right? Yes. Yeah, my anxiety, my fears. Have I built rigid and isolating walls that might make me lonely? What can I do all about all this? A lot of times when there's violence or substance use disorder in the home, we'll build walls um, so that people don't know what's going on. And then now we don't have any access to get help. Does that uh, make sense? Yeah. Okay. Keep going. How can I... Power myself to be financially, emotionally independent enough to have my own boundaries respected. Hmm. So sometimes I need to go get some certificates. I need to go get myself some education. I need to go get myself counseling. I, I might not be able to help the other person, but I can help me. Yes. How much can I achieve? How can I achieve personal growth? What do I need to to work on most? So when I look at my character skills. I can look at what I need to work on. I need to work on accountability. I may may need to work on orderliness. I may need to work on self-control for patience. I can give myself some some uh, some goals here to work on for my growth. How can I develop connectedness and maturity with healthy individuals? Hmm. So this means I have to put myself in healthy spaces. I have to put myself out there. And that's scary, especially if you're, there's a lot of toxicity at home because you're, you're literally walking in fear at all times. So when you get outside of the home, it's like it's very difficult to discharge it. So everything you walk into, it's like you're just waiting for that next shoe to drop. You're waiting for somebody else to be unhappy with you, for you to have to be managing their emotions. And a lot of times we're just taking the emotional temperature of people that we're around, if you've been abused a lot, trying to figure out, are we safe to laugh? Are we safe to smile? Are we safe to be seen? Uh, so if you're taking the emotional temperature of your boss, of your coworkers, of your um, mate, of your children, you know, you're walking on eggshells. And yes. you need to start working on you. You need to start working on how this is affecting you and turn this back inward. Okay, next one. Where's my focus? Is it on what I can't change or on what I can change? Hmm. So if I'm focusing on all this anxiety and trying to trying to fix somebody else, uh, I'm not focusing on things I can change. So what what worries consume me? Are they past worries? Are they current worries? Are they future worries? Because, you know, I think the Lord says um, just 
think about today. Just worry about today. Today has enough worries of its own. (laughs) Okay, negative emotional triggers. Uh, Anger, which negative emotional controls me? Anger, bitterness, fear, worry and anxiety, depression. Hmm. So a lot of times I, I, I don't exhibit a lot of anger. Uh, and I don't even know I'm bitter until I get way down the road. And it's usually because I'm hurt that it ends up in bitterness. And it's because I'm fighting back. But I land in depression, worry, and anxiety much quicker than I do anger. But sometimes I need healthy angry anger. If I'm not an angry person but compassionate and empathetic, it is necessary for me to use controlled anger to protect myself. Allowing myself to indulge some angry feelings can build me a wall of protection around my heart to safeguard me from irresponsible adults. So if you grew up with somebody who was violent or if you've been with people who are really aggressive and violent, you may think that all anger is bad instead of, whoa, wait a minute, there is safe anger. Yes. Sometimes you got to be angry at what's happening to the children. Yes. In order to be able to put up some boundaries. Um, and that's justified. Yeah. Yeah. So just because I'm angry doesn't mean I have to be violent or out of control or spewing at somebody else. It might be that I'm just journaling a bit of it and letting it um, propel me towards healing, to propel me to making a change in my life. So right here. Journal to explore, release, and change negative emotions. I journal beside a shredder. This way I am free to release all exaggerated emotions safely. If I keep the journal pages for a few days, I can reread them and laugh at how irrational I can be at times of stress. Writing 40 ranting pages of what I cannot control brings out thoughts, emotions, and lies I didn't know I believed. I journal until I can release the problem and unscramble my thinking and find peace. I start journaling with I hate, I am angry about, I am her about, I am disappointed about. I am my journaling with I forgive, I release, I am grateful mm. for. Mm-hmm. I hate, I'm angry, I'm hurt, I'm disappointed, I forgive, I release, I am grateful. Do you see how now I have regulated myself? Mm-hmm. I have discharged the stuff I cannot change and manage and fix and the emotions that are powerful and now I'm, I'm choosing the good stuff. I'm choosing to forgive. I'm choosing to be grateful, to be very grateful, to be thankful and to move forward. Okay, keep going. How much time do I spend in negative rumination? Rumination each day. Journal, journal your negative thoughts then attempt to change them to a positive thought. For example, I can't do anything right. Now change this to a positive statement. I can be patient with myself and do the best that I can do. Yeah, I can. And then I can find somebody to teach me, somebody to help me, and I can learn, or I can hire somebody. Yes. (laughs) Go do what I don't want to do. Is my sleep interrupted with my worries? If so, lie up on your bed at night and visually put all your worries in a box and push them away. Then breathe deeply and clear your mind and focus on relaxing every part of your body. Start at your feet and work your way up. Let your breathing begin to deepen and lengthen. Now, one night this week, I woke up about 2 in the morning, and I thought, "Uh uh-oh, I'm not going to go back to sleep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so you know what I did, Josh? I got out of bed. Mm -hmm. Uh, I got down on my knees. And I I just moved it all. I I moved it all to the altar. There it is, Lord. I can't fix this. There it is, Lord. Uh, Please take care of this. There it is, Lord. I trust you here. I trust you there. 
And you know what? When I got back in bed, I went to sleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I slept the rest of the night. It was it was really cool. But if I had laid there, I think I would have. That would have rolled yeah, around, rolled around. Spun, yeah. Spun, yeah. Even if it didn't have words, yeah. sometimes it doesn't have words. It just has that Noise. that um, stimulation where I can't go to sleep. Yeah. So here, how do I suffer for my loved one's immature decisions? Mm. Identify and write out all the things that are causing suffering. Now, detach from this suffering by seeing the problem outside of you. It is not you, nor does it need to be inside of you. Move the emotional suffering to a safe distance from you. You may find your physical pain is associated with your emotional suffering. Breathe into your physical pain and visualize healing in that area. If you can detach from the emotional suffering, you will have energy to work a recovery plan to regain your physical, mental, and emotional stamina. Now, there was a time that my physical pain was so bad that I was grinding my teeth so hard at night that I was cracking the roots and the enamel on my teeth. And I was like, whoa, I was losing gum space. I was like, I have to discharge this anxiety. I have to, I have to distance myself from this toxicity. And when I did and started working on me and my health and my recovery from enabling and from accepting other people's responsibilities, uh, I don't grind my teeth anymore. Yeah. How cool is that? Yeah. (laughs) My pain went away. (laughs) So keep, okay, next one. What is my suffering? is from the death of, or imprisonment of a loved one. Detach from the loss of a dream or the sorrow of losing a loved one. Then you can reshape your love for the person in a more realistic manner. If you love, if our loved one has died, we can comfort ourselves in memory with memories of what we loved about them. Release any memory that causes suffering. We can reach out to a grief recovery group. Yeah, sometimes if you're stuck, Josh, you just got to reach out and go, Go get with other people who have been down this path for a year or so and can help me. So how can I mature and allow other adults to experience their own suffering? As a recovering enabler, we do not want to rescue our loved ones from consequences, but we can have compassion and comfort them in their suffering. We can also guide them to their suffering to bring lasting change in their lives for the better. So as uh, I work with those in recovery, from substance use disorder, I realized that when they get a little healing, that they become enablers. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> Their compassion gets turned on way too strong. Yes. And that then when they do, they actually lose their recovery because now their focus has shifted onto fixing somebody else. Yeah, when we're not even fixed all the way. Right, I right. We're still completely. suffering. We're still trying to work on ourselves. So can I feel compassion without being responsible to act? If you really relapse back into enabling, when you see your loved ones suffering, let someone else comfort them. Sometimes I, I need to let them have several people to rely on and not just me. So what's the application here, Josh? When, I know, where and when do I need the most courage to face current circumstances? Think about the circumstances you are trying to control and let, to, let go of them. Detach from your emotions so you will be strong and unable to emotionally be emotionally manipulated. So my responsibilities, I can only control my decisions. I cannot control the final outcome of those decisions. I can make a decision, but I mean, say like you're, you're, you decided to, to get a divorce from somebody that's been very abusive. Just because you go file those papers, you cannot control anything the other person's gonna do. You can only control the fact of whether or not you're gonna follow through with this. So number three, I am only responsible to change myself. I cannot manage another person's life choices. So read the principle. 
Detachment respects the boundaries of others to make their own choices and to have their own consequences. Yes, they can make choices too. But my choice, I'm not going to be able to be strong in the choice I made if I allow the noise to stay, the anxiety to stay. I'm going to be wishy-washy. So I want to make sure that I'm making myself strong enough to follow through with my decisions. Have I built strong boundaries that can be changeable and movable if I choose to move them? So I, I can choose to move a boundary if I have new information. If I have uh, something that I haven't thought about before, but once I've made a decision, I usually pretty well stick with it unless somebody comes and says, oh, but you didn't know this piece of it. And then be like, okay, now I have new information Mm -hmm. to make a decision with. So I want you to be able to work on your decision-making skills. So in the past, when I have changed a boundary, did it guide me or my loved one to achieve positive progression in recovery? And was it used to deliver others from consequences? And now their addiction patterns are just stronger. So think about it. When you change your boundaries, is it good? Is it progression? Or is it uh, destruction? Yes. Do I change boundaries because I have new information? Or do I shift boundaries because I'm being emotionally manipulated and coerced to take another care of another adult's problem? Have I taken on problems that are not my own? Ugh. I do this. I take mm-hmm. on people's problems. Um, and it's okay as long as I'm giving them a leg up and not a handout. As long as yes. as long as they pick up and say, oh, this gave me the step that I needed, and now I can make the next step. But if they just keep coming back for that handout, it, it does, it's not going to work. Yes. Does that make sense? Right, now yes. they've just, they're just looking to me and not to, uh, not making themselves more independent. If so, my boundaries aren't respected. I need stronger boundaries. What stronger boundaries could I implement to protect myself? Who in my life could make decisions for me in this area that has my best interests at heart and cannot be emotionally manipulated by others? Sometimes we need to turn a decision-making power over to a trusted support person if we lack self-control with a person in chaos and are constantly being reeled into a situation that isn't safe for us. Hmm, Yeah. So if I find myself saying and doing things I just committed not to do, (laughs) I am involved in a toxic relationship and will most likely get hurt. I may need help to follow through with my decisions when I am alone and thinking clearly. That's when I need to make decisions. If I change my mind as soon as I get in front of this person, this is a toxic relationship and it is not safe and I need to back up. And Josh actually put me on a no contact. (laughs) with some people (laughs) because I changed my mind when I get in front of them and all of a sudden I moved and shifted and it's like oh that's not healthy for me so I back up and I say okay this person needs to move back far enough I need to move away from them far enough that I give them accountability for their own life and I can reclaim myself so pray us out of here today Josh Lord we humbly come to you and ask you to give me a healthy thought life help me refuse toxic thinking and to discipline my thoughts to line up with the Word of God, help me to release old wounds and protect myself against new ones. Help me to emotionally detach from another person's suffering. Help me to release my loved ones to you. Hmm. Lord, help me to release. Help me to release anything that's causing me suffering, Josh. Yes. It's something that needs moved. Yes. Yeah. It's causing me suffering for a reason. Yeah. So as I identify my suffering and move it outside of me, now I can identify with Christ 
and not with the suffering. I can move it. I can observe it. I can let it go. Yes, I've already tried. No, I can't mm-hmm. fix it. No, yeah, it's not even my problem. Okay. All right, so uh, another day. Today, I'm just going to focus on the things that are in front of me that I can do. So sometimes I'm borrowing problems from tomorrow. Does that make sense? Yes. So today has enough problems of its own. Yes. So focus on today. Yield yourself to the Lord. Love yourself. Uh, give yourself a hug. And this is Angie Meadows. And this is Josh Mom. If you want to hear this again, it's on the Rock Recovery Podcast on Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, and Pandora. And we'll see you next time. See you next time.